Welcome to the Brief Key. I'm Saul James, your host, and you are joining me for the Radio Keycast interviewing Giles Goddard. A little intro about Giles before we uh, begin to listen from him. Giles is a vicar at St. John's Church in Waterloo in London. He studied theology at Cambridge and then, after a brief stint in a few other workplaces, ended up working in social housing for about six years before he went on to be ordained as a deacon and then later a priest back in 1996. Giles is the chair of the General Synod of Human Sexuality Group, which works to ensure full inclusion of LGBT people in the Church of England. He has appeared in a Channel 4 documentary, and he has written a book called Space for Grace, Creating Inclusive Churches. Giles, welcome to The Brief Key. Welcome. Hello. Nice to be with you. (laughs) Thank you for for joining us. So, obviously, it's uh, Mental Health Awareness Week this week, and the theme for the week is kindness, and you have very kindly... um, made yourself willing and available to do a radio interview looking at some questions around what kindness is and what it means for people. And before we go into that, I wanted to ask you a little bit about the work that you're doing around climate change, because I know you're very heavily involved with that. Yes, thank you. That's a really good topic to lead into thinking about kindness, really, because climate change, as I'm sure you know, isn't huge challenge facing us. Um, It's as big as the COVID pandemic. In many ways, it's bigger. Um, And it's urgent that we take action in order that we can be kind not only to the world, but also to humanity. Because I think the potential for catastrophic breakdown is very great. And if we want to offer or pass on uh, livable world to our children, to our grandchildren, and also if we want to really take care of the natural environment. It's important that we that we reduce the harm that we're doing. So it's all about kindness, really, in its broadest sense. That's and I do a lot. Good. I work closely with the Church of England, and I also run something called Faith for the Climate, which is an interfaith, um, an interfaith organisation which works on climate change. And try just to raise the awareness wherever I go of the, both the kind of hope but also the possibility of change. Mm, that's fantastic. And you're right. I think within kindness, it's such a broad concept. If you look at it within the sense of the planet, um, yeah. it can then have many different uh, meanings, but also consequences for how we then choose to live within it. Um, and it's, an, it's a very interesting point linking that to kindness. Um, within your world as a vicar, at St. John's in Waterloo. Um, Let me stop there one second, sorry. (laughs) Um, Okay, so within your role as a vicar at St. John's Church, how does your world interact with people who are struggling with issues of mental health? I have a very high level of interaction with people who are struggling with mental health. Um, Where we are in Waterloo, as you've said, we have people coming into church all the time. They're often very distressed. They're often dealing with their own personal challenges or dealing with challenges presented to them by people who are close to them. Um, In the congregation at the church, we have many people with mental health issues. Um, 
some of whom are willing to talk about it and some of whom aren't. And I'm always conscious when I meet new people that, um, that there may be underlying issues which they want to talk about. Um, so, yeah, I'm very involved in mental health questions in different ways. Fantastic. And how do you think mental health awareness campaigns or even awareness weeks like this help people who are, who are struggling? They make a huge difference. I think they make a huge difference. I think there's been a stigma about mental health, um, and I think there's been a lack of willingness to address the challenges which people face, and I think Mental Health Awareness Week can really help people to be open. And are you finding that people who are dealing with their mental health um, are more willing or more able to come forward and talk about it? now than say five ten years ago yes i am by and large not always not always but often because it's been recognized as a a genuine medical issue rather than you know people just thinking that they're going to be told to pull themselves together and get on with it i think that's kind of given people much more courage and much more confidence Mm -hmm. um for example we're we would have run a mental health first aid course within the church um, had we not had to lock down. But we're certainly planning to do that as soon as we can reopen so that we have some mental health first aiders as part of the congregation, as part of the staff team. Fantastic. That sounds amazing. And finally on that, I, I'm assuming that people who are coming in to your church or part of your congregation, they have different um, availability to be able to talk to you within themselves because Obviously, if let's say they're in the workplace, there's the fear that if they open up and talk about their mental health issues, are they then at risk of losing their job? Are they then at risk of people not wanting to promote them, etc., etc.? So they're more likely to hide that away and struggle with it in private. Whereas within the setting of a congregation and you being the vicar, I'm assuming that they feel slightly more um, able to talk to you without fear of recrimination or fear that they're going to be judged? I hope so. I hope so. I hope that we're able to offer something which feels inclusive to everyone so that um, everyone feels that they can be honest and be themselves. I also hope that in workplaces the situation is changing. I was actually on a lunch uh, Zoom call a couple of weeks ago with an organisation which is very keen to raise awareness of mental health within the workplace so, and under the Equalities Act, I think, and various other acts, you know, discrimination is illegal. Um, so hopefully that's changing the workplace. But I definitely hope that people feel that they can speak to us at St. John's. Fantastic. So on to the questions of kindness. Um, the first question I have for you is a very simple one. What does the term kindness mean to you? It's a really good question. I'm glad to be asked to think about it, really, because I've always assumed I know what kindness means. Um, I think at the moment I'm thinking very much about gift and I'm thinking that life is a gift and I think in the middle of the pandemic as we hear so much about death it seems incredibly important that we value life um, that we are given life in order to live it and I think in order to live life well it's it relies on generosity it relies on our generosity towards other people and other people being generous towards us. So other people making sure that we can live as fully as we possibly can. Very much And I think kindness is really about generosity, and it's really about gift. So it's about giving of yourself to other people 
and also being able to receive from other people what they give to you, whether it's love or a, a particular act or just a thoughtfulness, you know, whatever it can be, or a mm. gift, an actual physical gift. Um, kindness is, is just about the things, it's the thing which helps you to live better amongst other people. I love that concept of, a, of kindness being a gift of something that you give. I, I, I like that because often people talk about acts of kindness yeah. Um, but actually thinking about it in terms of a gift, it's, that's, I, I like that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, next question is, why is kindness so important for us as humans or as, as humanity? I mean, it's been really fascinating being in Waterloo during lockdown over the past, whatever it is, five weeks, and seeing the extent to which people are being kind to each other and the extent to which people are forming new communities and trying to support one another and trying to, try to care for one another. And I think if you go back sort of through evolutionary history, you can see that what's enabled us to flourish in many ways is the way that we work together as humans, the way that we work together as communities, locally and nationally and internationally. Now, we don't always get it right. And when it goes wrong, you know, it's terrible and destructive. But by and large, humans flourish in healthy communities, and healthy communities rely on kindness. They rely on people being able to give to each other with trust and hope. So it's vital, really, for our humanity and for our human nature. Fantastic. And do you, I mean, there's a hope, isn't there, with, I know there's a lot of conversations going on around how things have changed within the lockdown that we're experiencing at the moment with COVID-19. And the conversation as to whether or not we're going to take some of this with us as we go forward out of lockdown, are we going to continue to be as generous or as gift-giving and kind to each other? Well, I really hope so. I mean, I think the we're in a slightly different situation here in the UK. I think some in some places, you know, where the economic situation is even worse than it is here and people feel much less secure, there may not be so much kindness, but I hope that if we can manage our society so that people, so the basic basic elements of it continue, I hope that we can carry forward this generosity and this hope. Yeah. Thank you. Next question is, um, what do you see as the connection between kindness and compassion? I think it's, again, it's connected to generosity because compassion literally means feeling with so if you're compassionate towards someone, you're feeling the feelings that they're feeling. So if someone's sad, you feel sad as well, compassionately. And if, you, if you're going to be kind to them, then you want to be able to acknowledge their feelings and perhaps help them to uh, change them. So giving someone a hug when we're allowed to again is a manifestation of compassion, but it's also kindness as you try and hold their pain for them and with them. So I think they're, they're very intricately linked. You can't have one without the other. Really. Without the other, yeah. And it's interesting with linking your concept of kindness as a gift to mm. compassion being to feel with someone. If yeah. you do feel compassion to somebody, then you can feel what they need in a sense. Yeah. And therefore that you can then show an act of kindness through the gift of giving or giving of a gift. Yeah. But that is your ability to be kind to give that gift is heightened or made more poignant through yeah. the eyes of compassion by being able to feel with that person. I like that connection. Yes, absolutely. Very, the other very thing good. I think is, which is important about kindness is that I don't think it runs out. 
<laughs> Absolutely. It's not like we have a limited stock of kindness. We can be generous with it because there's always more. It's free as well. It's free. It's free as well, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes we get exhausted and we want to receive kindness. So, um, you know, it has to go both ways. Absolutely. No, I like that. I like that. It doesn't run out. Um, the next question is can you give a couple of examples of acts of kindness that you have witnessed? yourself within your day-to-day life there is a man who is very attached to st john's when i arrived he used to live in the boiler room um he's now moved to live somewhere else um but he comes back every morning and sweeps the place really gets a broom out and he cleans up around the place and we give him a bit of money because we want to, but he doesn't do it for the money. He doesn't want much money. But every day he's here looking after St. John's and looking after the rest of us. It's an extraordinary thing. And even during lockdown, he's been caring for the churchyard and doing watering the plants and things. And he's just here, um, not really for any reward, except that he wants to care for and support us and the church around us. I think that's extraordinary kindness. Um, mm. And he's not, he himself may have some mental health issues but his generosity is enormous and immense and I'm always very moved by what he does Mm. and I think you touched on a really important issue there is that he does it not because he wants to get anything back and I think that's a really key point to kindness is that we do it for no other reason than we just want to gift someone as as you would say I really like that it's a beautiful story thank you um, and one act of kindness that you've received yourself that stands out. Yeah, I mean, I had a parcel that arrived on my doorstep on Monday morning, and I didn't know who, who it was from or what it was, and I opened it, and there were two beautiful mugs which had been made by an organisation which works with people with learning difficulties, and they were just sent to me out of the blue by a couple of members of the congregation just because they wanted to say thank you for what I was doing. Um, Nice. I was really moved. They were lovely monks. And I thought, well, you didn't have to do that. And they actually arrived on the anniversary of my civil partnership a year ago. And Shannon was there too. So we were able to drink our first coffee in those mugs, which had been sent unexpectedly as a generous act. And I, I can tell, but I can hear by the way you're speaking that that put a smile on your face. It certainly did, yeah. Fantastic. It is. Yeah. The last question for you before we finish. Um, especially within the times that we're in with uh, COVID-19 and people dealing with lockdown and isolation and with it being Mental Health Awareness Week, what advice would you give to people with self-kindness? Obviously remembering that link between kindness and compassion, but just to look, just to end by looking at self-kindness in these times. I think there are two things, really. One is that I would really encourage people to be gentle with themselves. I think there's, in lockdown, in the middle of this pandemic, there is a sense that we all have to kind of keep going and do lots of things. And, you know, I'm spending a lot of time on Zoom and meetings and stuff. And I think, you know, there is that kind of expectation that we just have to kind of keep going and keep going and keep going. Um, I think we shouldn't raise our own expectations on ourselves or on other people. And we should be willing to stop and switch off the computer and rest and go for a walk and enjoy the spring. So that's one thing, be gentle with yourself. I think the other thing is um, people should be willing to ask for help if they can. So if you are feeling a bit worn out, if you are feeling a bit stressed, if you are feeling that you're, you know, you're 
your mental health is really being challenged, say, can you help me? And hopefully, whoever you ask will respond with compassion and generosity and kindness. I like that. It's being, being gentle with yourself. I've, I've not heard that before, actually. That's a really good way to, to look at it. Um, yeah. And I think self-kindness is something that we always look at kindness to other people, don't we? Yeah. And actually we forget sometimes it's okay to be kind to ourselves. And I, I like that concept of being, being gentle. Definitely. Well, that concludes our, our questions. Um, I like the summation there of kindness being a gift and linking that to compassion being to, to feel with. I, I, I think that's a wonderful connection there. And to be giving without the need to receive back or even to have recognition of that. I think that's the, the, the wonderful story of your, uh, of your man who's looking after the church and sweeping in the gardens, etc. Um, thank you for that, Giles. Any final points on this you want to... Well, I don't want to be like, kind of too noble about it. I think it is nice <laughs> when people do give back to you and, you know, when they say thank you and when you get a good feeling about being kind, I think that's fine. We shouldn't, we shouldn't kind of get too carried away with hair shirts. Absolutely. But, but we shouldn't do it with the expectation of getting something back. I like that. That's fantastic. Well, thank you very much for that, uh, Giles. And um, I obviously know you from... St. John's Church and the congregation and it is a, a very very wonderful welcoming and warm congregation and group of people they are very 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 lovely very diverse congregation as well which is fantastic so um, I look forward to seeing you again there soon hopefully and mm-hmm. um, to encourage anyone who is listening to check you out there at St. John's just off the roundabout I believe in Waterloo and it's uh, stjohnswaterloo.org if they want to look at our website fantastic that's great well hopefully people will uh, will have a listen to this and uh, come and pay you a visit at some point thank you very much for your kindness and your time for giving this and um, hopefully see you very 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 soon my pleasure thanks very much for asking me see you again Thank you for joining us. You've been listening to The Brief Key. I am Saul James, your host and the creator of The Brief Key. Please do check us out on thebriefkey.com and there will be other radio interviews available there for you to listen to and download. The podcasts are available on The Brief Key website, but you can also find them on Apple Podcasts, on the Pocket Cast app and on SoundCloud. Just search for The Brief Key. Thank you very much again and look forward to having you connect with us somewhere soon.